The following episode of TOEFOP is classified M.A. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, sexual references, a sex scene, prison rape, time travel, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. <laughs> Hello and welcome to TOEFOP, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Gee, that was classic TOEFOP we've oh. just had for the last four hours. You've flown to Adelaide specifically so that we can yeah, record the show, because I'm on tour. So you've come in, special mission, we're going to belt over two podcasts this afternoon, four and a half hours later, after you've been MacGyvering the equipment. Tell them why though. Well, New equipment. I bought new equipment. Because when I was in America, I bought Tofop a Christmas present. We've been listening to the listeners. Yeah. Or reading the listeners, I guess. No one's actually audibly said, get no. new equipment. And if, and if they did, uh, if they were able to say that, we wouldn't be able to access <laughs> the audio because <laughs> we're no good at that. So, yes, the listeners have been saying, get better equipment. So I got us some better equipment. Yeah. And then I left it in the boxes for you to set up. <laughs> I did my bit of it, which was paying for the extra equipment, yeah. but no good with that. If it was Christmas Day yeah. and you're my dad and you got me a BMX, it wasn't like I came down on Christmas Day and found a BMX assembled. No. I came down, there's two found wheels over there. And a screwdriver. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. fact, not even a screwdriver. Because at one stage you said, do you have a screwdriver? And I was like, no. But so, a knife. So essentially I'm like the parents who, because my sister and her husband, they, they got their kids a trampoline. And you know how these days the, the trampolines have got the cover around the sides yeah, yeah. like the, the ohs now it's the safest thing in the world though now a trampoline it's like a giant bouncy castle you mm. just whack your kids in there and you zip it up and they're yeah. done for the day it's brilliant right yeah. whereas in my day like we had a trampoline at home but it was like an old school trampoline and we also had was it one of those like professional because there was two kinds you could get there was one that was like a kind of tightly knit like a, almost like a tarp like black oh yeah it was black i think yeah. yeah or you could get the super professional ones look more like a for lack of a better term like a tennis racket it was like thicker wider strings but that's the ones you'd see at the, like the olympics and stuff like that it's a real pro yeah. like or, an acrobatic one or at the mini golf or at the mini golf yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the olympics or the mini golf the two <laughs> places that mastered that trampoline technology where the world's greatest athletes are set <laughs> Once every four years or on a Saturday night at a holiday town by the ocean. So, um, no, no, we had just like the old school one with the metal springs and all that sort of gear. Yeah. And uh, we had an above ground swimming pool as well in our backyard, right? And so we used to put the trampoline next to the above ground swimming pool and we would like bounce to off the awesome trampoline. To do awesome flips and shit into the pool. Yeah. 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 Awesome flips for the first two goes <laughs> until you got out wet from the pool onto the trampoline and made it into the world's... My parents used to have nine kids. <laughs> Only three of us made it past the pool on the trampoline. That was the test. It was like Sparta. You know how they'd test a baby yep. in Sparta to see if it was tough enough to be a Spartan? That's what your parents would do. Yep. Will our kids be tough enough to live in Hayfield? They'll, they'll, they'll get a little test set up at the age of three. They'll survive the timber mills. They'll, they'll survive growing up on a farm. But can they survive the trampoline test? And it, honestly, it was like a torture device. No, no, you know what it was like? It was like a starter kit. If you were like, the only way we can get it out of our economic troubles, you know, the world's in tough economic troubles, we need somehow to make some money. 
if you needed a starter kit to get videos on Australia's Funniest Home Videos, <laughs> yeah, right. this is what you needed. A Sophie trampoline and an above-ground pool. Did you have the, um, the etiquette on your tramp about double bouncing? No. What was the double bounce etiquette? A double bounce. You know what a double bounce is? So, uh, is it when you bounce twice? It's like if you're bouncing with someone okay. and you can bounce them higher, you time your bounce land just before theirs so your momentum springs them up higher. Yeah, okay, yep. I and I that. think actually like gymnast- gymnasts and stuff, like, you know, the double bounce is a technique or whatever so you can fling one higher. Yeah. But because I didn't have a tramp, but my mate had one of the big pro ones. Yeah. And there was a rule that you couldn't double bounce because that means like one kid's going flying. And so you'd be bouncing, and if like you know an argument over what which your favourite Ninja Turtle was got out of hand, then one kid would start double bouncing, <laughs> trying to knock him off the tramp. And if you got him with a really heavy kid and yeah. he wanted to double, double bounce it, then you were fucked. Then you were fucked. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, no, we never had the double bounce, but I, in these new ones, you know, the, the sort of the the UFC ones, yeah. <laughs> essentially yeah, they, are. they are the octagons. Yeah, of uh, tramp. That's right. It's hell in a cell. for for kids and um, basically what I've noticed is even though it's safe now because you can bounce into the walls what you do see a lot of is kids just bashing their heads into each other (laughs) because once they start bouncing around inside they're just like you know spraying off into each other yeah Yeah. pinball style yeah it's awesome (laughs) so you get like you see the parents like laying wages Mm. like all the kids in the neighbourhood get together they're like well I'm putting 20 bucks on the fat kid yeah Throw another kid in. <laughs> two Let's kids, make this more interesting. Two kids enter, one kid leaves. <laughs> yeah, that's the rules of trampoline club. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we had this new equipment and it didn't work. So now we're back on the old equipment again. Yeah. I mean, we, we could take you through the minutia of why it doesn't work, but essentially power conversion issues between yep. uh, America and Australia. Although... Having said that, I did take uh, I did take one of the, the machines down to Dick Smith, and he said that it should have been fine to plug into an Australian yeah. PowerPoint. But and you uh, took it literally to Dick Smith, yep, who just happened to be in town. Yeah, he was yeah. sitting in the park, <laughs> offering it, advice, eating his tam tims. <laughs> L- are they ta- no, are they tam tims? No, what are they, tim- no, what are they called? His his tim tims, I think. T- are they tem-tins. as in Tempton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then his uh, matches are called dickheads. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, so basically, uh, you rang a friend and I, we think we know... An electrician. Yeah, we think we know how we can get the to work. All we have to do is rig our podcast equipment up to the clock on the town hall. <laughs> That's what it was like. At one stage, at one stage, I was trying to connect all the cords up. Will was just working on his computer and he could yeah. hear me like cursing in the background like Doc Brown, like, Great Scott! <laughs> Because I would connect one cord in, but it would be too short and it would pull the cord out of the other end, just like the end of Back to the Future. So, as soon as we can get that working, we'll be fine. Yeah. And we'll have new equipment and it'll sound better. Yeah, So, but we're recording on the same old equipment that you know and hate. Um, but you went back to it with a lot of... Charlie literally... Affection. Yes, yeah, sweet talk. I did! You went back and you were like, hey baby... You were like a guy who had like an affair... Like you'd been married to this woman for years. And yeah. look... Things, We've known each other since we were kids. Yeah. Childhood sweethearts. And things weren't going as well as they could. No. There was a lot of people going, look, neither of you are happy. Just move on to something new. And then you've met a stripper. Yeah. You've met this shiny new stripper at a club who's mm. like stripper with a heart of gold. Yeah. And suddenly you're in love. Couldn't and wait like, to get my hands on it. Yeah. I am gonna <laughs> I'm gonna leave my old wife 
for this hot young stripper. Yeah. And it turns out the stripper didn't want to be with you. No. My, no. And, my, and my old wife was literally tucked into a beaten up old leather satchel yeah. tucked into my suitcase. <laughs> But you should have seen the way I took it out. Once yeah. the stripper let me yeah. down, I was so reverential. Oh, you were so back. <laughs> do you want me to massage your feet while you watch the notebook, honey? I'll do it. And the thing is, the last time we used her, I was beating her about the face, remember? <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> so if she takes me back, then yeah. she's only got herself to blame. That's right. Well, she just does it because she loves podcasting. <laughs> but I also love that you fixed... Our microphone stand that we've been whinging about for like 70 episodes, mm. we've been whinging about this microphone stand that just is so loose and goes up and down during yeah. the podcast. I think uh, it, there's been a couple of episodes where you've heard it happen live on air. Mm. Probably the most distinctive would be the Michael Chamberlain episode mm. where he could not just get it to stand upright. So it only took us 70 episodes to work out there's actually a tightening screw on the side. Yeah. So you did that with a knife yep. in my hotel room? Just like a true Australian. Job done. <laughs> We're back. That's not a knife. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a screwdriver. That's a butter knife. I did think when I was flying out this morning, actually, how um, all the, the, the when I was on the plane, because you flown me out to this hotel to do this podcast, yeah. in my head all I could hear was that song, Private Dancer, <laughs> Dancer for Money, because that's what I kind of felt like. Yeah. You've paid for my flight. I've come to your hotel room, just like quite discreetly arrived. It's true. And in fact, when you got there at the airport, you did actually message me and say, you know, what's the address of the hotel? And I sent you the address and then went, room 50. Kiss, kiss. (laughs) (laughs) And like when I was writing room 50, it did feel like I was arranging some sort of nefarious meet. Yeah, well, it's not very often that like some gentleman will fly fly you interstate mm-hmm. for a weekend in his hotel room without expecting sex. Exactly. The whole, the, I, I want the full girlfriend experience. <laughs> By which I mean, I want you to be mean to me all weekend, belittle the things that are important to me, and your knock hair, my confidence down. Well, your haircut looks shit, yeah. I should say that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> full girlfriend experience. Imagine if you went to a hooker for a girlfriend experience. There would be some fucking... There would be some guys who would want that. That's their thing. Yeah. They're really into that. Yeah. So you just go over, and then like it's all going well for a while, and then something happens, and you don't know what, and yeah. she's just really silent. Yeah. And Every for com- ages, you're like, hey, is everything okay? She's like, well, if you don't know... <laughs> She always seems to bring, when you have a fight, she always seems to bring the argument back to something that happened five years ago. <laughs> it's like, but I only started hiring you like yeah. two months ago. <laughs> we just met. Like I answered your ad this afternoon. Why are you bringing up this shit from five years ago? <laughs> the guy's so into the fantasy that he's prepared a dossier of all the bad things he's done previously that she can slip in. That's essentially what a mistress is though, right? What do you mean? Well, it's like you're saying, you know, imagine if someone got a prostitute for the girlfriend experience. Yeah. Like a mistress, you could argue, that's a woman that you are, you know, putting up in hotels and buying things for in exchange for sex. And she also does a little bit more, which is be your girlfriend. I mean, that is kind of what you're paying. That's what a mistress is, really. It's just like a prostitute with the girlfriend experience added bonus. It's an optional extra. (laughs) I guess it is. I mean, I just have never understood... Like, how people can coordinate a mistress. Yeah. Like, I get how people might have an affair. I get that. Like, some sort of one-off occasion or, you know, they're in some circumstance they weren't in or whatever. But, like, Mm -hmm. how someone maintains a mistress? Like, it's hard enough to get one relationship right. Mm. How do you fucking juggle two? How do you remember which story you've told to... Well, I think... Do you have notes? I think the only way... There must be an app. The only way to do it, I reckon, is that... You've got to accept, if you, if you want to do it successfully, you've got to accept the fact that it's not going to stay a secret. 
Because I think a lot of those guys, you know how you find out, like, you know, some businessman or head of a network, you know, has a mistress that everyone knows about. Yeah. But they're so powerful, not even the wife dares challenge them on it, you know, or everyone's doing so well off that person being in that position that no one's going to rock the boat. Well, I, I know that in the, uh, the book about Kerry Packer, they, they wrote about that, so I don't think it's... Um, you know, I think I can say this, uh, that he was a guy who had like a, a well-known mistress and his wife was just, well, that was, you know, that was what he was doing. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, like to maintain it to the level you're talking yeah. about, which is trying to coordinate days with one, days with the other, it has to, you can't keep that a secret. Right. I think that if you try and keep it a secret, it won't work. Okay. You've got, you've so got I can just the get them to coordinate their days. Or the only person who really, like a Mormon. the only person you really have to work on is if you want, is your partner not knowing. Yeah. Because you can probably rely on most other people not to say anything because I don't think most people, unless they're really good friends of hers. Yeah. So it's her and her inner circle. But everyone else, I think, would be, you know, you know that's a low-risk category. Right. I reckon. Yeah. I mean, maybe some people Like, have... just hypothetically, just yeah. say you had a mistress in another state, right? Okay. So I reckon... That could be a... I mean, guys have mistresses on the road all the time. I reckon that's a fairly safe bet. I think that's how those guys try and make it work. To have another mistress in your state where you could run into... You could be seen out, that would be an issue. But I reckon you could pull it off okay if you had one in Perth, for instance, and you lived in Sydney or, you know, the Eastern Seaboard. Yeah, I guess so. Because uh, so how's word going to get back? Yeah, I guess what we're saying is, um, if there's anyone in Perth who wants to be my mistress... <laughs> No, we can probably pull this off. <laughs> we can do this. And well, I, no, I just would have imagined in this day and age that technology would be the way that you would get caught from that sort of thing. Because well, it doesn't those... matter if you're Perth if if you are out with somebody and they like tag a photo on Facebook. Yeah, it's probably yeah. That, you're just there. You're right. You're right. I yeah. don't think you could get away with it these not, days. Not anymore. Have you seen those late night? You'd apps? have to have no technology. You can have an affair if you're Amish. Yeah. If you were Amish and you travelled interstate, you could easily have an affair. Yeah. 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 Have you seen those late night ads that it's like an app which you can track your partner's phone? Yeah. Is that legit, do you think? Uh, as in, can, can you put an app on their phone and track it? Yeah. I imagine so. Is that some, not some invasion of... I'd imagine it's probably against the law. But they're advertising it. Yeah. But they, yeah, they might be advertising it as sort of like a, a novelty. You know how that's always it's, like, but it this works. is a game, a novelty. Well, I don't know if it works, but I imagine that it... I mean, I, yeah, I imagine with technology, if you loaded a program onto somebody's thing, you could, you know, track I, I think, where they are. I think they can do it with. Um, I think there's a. I think it must be legal because I'm pretty sure you can do it with kids' phones. For instance, you give your son like a, a mobile, like a prepaid mobile or something. You can also prepaid a burner, just in case he needs to be selling drugs on the street corners. <laughs> Got to have two or three. Got to have a bur- yeah, three burners. You give your son three burner phones. Is that what they're called? Yeah. How, how did you find that out? Oh, The Wire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it has to be TV or movies. Yeah. Because we don't actually, we don't experience the real world. No. Um, but see, I, I couldn't do that because recently um, in America, I, I went back to America and uh, I was in Australia for longer than I was meant to be in Australia. We haven't actually told this story on the podcast. I, I flew back to Australia with Amy because she doesn't like to, to fly internationally and I was meant to be going back to America the next day. And um, so I didn't bring any clothes home or anything. You know, we recorded a couple of podcasts that day and uh, I was just going to put my jeans back on and get back on the plane the next day. Um, so I've got up the next morning 
And I said to Amy, I said, hey, where are my jeans that were on the floor, you know? And she's like, I washed them. And I was like, so nice, right? Like she came and brought us beers when we were recording the podcast the day before. She's washed my jeans. So nice that your girlfriend's like, you know, appreciating that you went out of your way to do something for her, right? Brilliant. She goes, oh, they're in the wash. I went, where did you put my passport? And she just went, oh. (laughs) And I remember running there and it had been through the wash and then through the dryer. So essentially I had this wadded passport. I looked like the guy from Mask. If I, I would have been able to go back into America only if I'd pulled really, really offensive mongy faces and gone, no, that's what I look like. That's what I look like. Um, so I ended up staying in Australia for five weeks longer than I was meant to stay in Australia, basically, uh, which means I now know what milk looks like if you leave it in a fridge for five weeks. Oh. That was quite exciting. Uh, but the other thing is I got back to America and I went to use my phone and my phone wasn't working. And I've got a little sort of, you know, like just a, little kind of cheapy throwaway phone for over there. Yeah. And so I've tried to use the phone and it wasn't working. So I've rung up the company saying, I've paid my bill, you know, my phone should be working. I, you know, I need it for work or whatever. And they've said, oh, look, we've changed this over to this other system. Maybe there's just been some problem there. Yeah. Right? We'll fix it up for you. No worries. Very helpful. They didn't say no worries, did they? They didn't say no worries. They did lots of things. <laughs> no problem. The, they did lots of things. In, in fact, they answered the phone. This is, this is true. They said, um, how can, in which, uh, welcome to T-Mobile. How can we offer you exceptional service today? Wow. I was like, fuck, you... you That's their line? Yeah. That's you, fucking hard to say. You're raising the bar pretty high at the start of the conversation Welcome to too. T-Mobile, was it? Oh, yeah. Like Welcome some, to T-Mobile. Like how can we give you exceptional service today? Yeah, how can we That's offer like you... That's like a vocal warm-up for an actor. How can we give you exceptional service today? Well, most people who work in call centre are out of work yeah, actors. So LA, they're probably right? like... <laughs> you can answer the phone yeah. with any vocal warm-up exercise you like. He answers the phone to Morgan Freeman. He's yeah. like, how can we give you excellent service today? <laughs> <laughs> or it's just them going, uh, you know, the big brown fox ran over the whatever the thing yeah. is. So, um, you know, you need unique New York, but does unique New York need you? Fuck. Did I get it? No. You know you need unique New York, but does unique New York need you? Kind of. You do it. No. Go on. Give it a crack. Give, give, tell me one more time. You know you need unique New York, but does unique New York need you? You know you need unique New York, but does New York need New York? <laughs> that was a five-car pile-up in your mouth. If every word is an, is an automobile, that was a five-car pile-up. That was literally how Robin Williams invented the character of Mork for Mork. He was doing that vocal exercise, and he got nanu nanu. He's like, that's a character. So uh, I've gone back. Uh, so trying to get this phone fixed, they've offered me exceptional service. Um, uh, but they didn't fix my phone. Right. So it turns out the service wasn't quite as exceptional as they led me to believe. Yeah. So I've rung them back the next day because they said it might take 24 hours. So I gave it a 24 hour window. Still wasn't working. I've rung them back and I said, look, I don't want to, you know, be a pain in the ass about this, but you know, I really need this phone to work. And there's, there's part of me that's just like, well, just go and buy a new phone. You know, it's like 50 mm. bucks or whatever. Like, yeah. but I like my number. I can remember it. Yeah. You know, I was like, I, I want to try to get this fixed. And I'm getting a bit like the first time I was like. It's probably my fault. But the second time after they've said they fix it for me, now I'm getting a little bit shitty about it, right? Yeah. So I've rung them back and I'm like, come on, like you've got to fucking you know, fix my phone. Give me, give, me, give me an example of, because uh, I don't really hear you annoyed ever. Give me an example. Okay, I'll be the, the guy you're calling. Okay. And we'll try and have the most, like, let's not like, try and, we'll just try and be honest. Be the truth of the scene. Let's okay, like, we'll do okay. the truth. Okay. But you have to answer it by saying, how can we offer you exceptional service? Okay. Today? Do I have to do the accent? My no. Okay. Oh, we got whatever you. Let me give you a crack. Right. Okay. Welcome to T-Mobile. T-Mobile. T- T-Mobile. T-Mobile. That's how they like say it, yeah. Uh, welcome to T-Mobile. 
how can we give you exceptional service today? Yeah, I love that. That was all right. Um, look, I... My um, name's Pete. <laughs> uh, Pete, um, I spoke to someone yesterday. My, uh-huh. my phone isn't working. Uh-huh. And uh, they tried to update it, and um, I'm still not getting calls through on the phone. My bill's paid. I'm up to date. I, I really need this phone for work, and I just, I, I, I just need to get this problem sorted. Can you help me? Uh, okay. Well, I see here that uh, we, we, we've reconnected your service twice, and uh, that should be working for you, sir. That is actually pretty similar to what they said. <laughs> to be honest, you've actually nailed that quite well. And I said, look, I agree with you that it should be working. Mm-hmm. Um, I've talked to you twice. I've gone online. I've tried it. It should be working. But I am like next to the phone right now, and it is not working. Okay, let me just check. Uh, okay, according to that should be working for you now. Yeah, it's not though. Should be. Mm-hmm. You know how we're talking on I the phone. Yeah, I can't do that on the phone. Okay, that I have paid. I'm for. just gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna talk to my, to my manager. We'll be back in one second. Okay, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, Mr. Anderson. Yes, thank you. So I've talked to my manager, and yep. he said it should be working now. But yeah, it's not though. Even though he thinks it should be working, and you think it should be working, I think everybody in the world thinks our f- the phone should be working. Here's the problem that I have: the phone is not working. Like, uh-huh. just tell me this. Like, this is all I need to know from you. Uh-huh. Should I take this phone and throw it away and go and buy a new phone? Because I'm happy to do that. If that's if that's the advice you will give me on the phone right now, please just tell me to throw my phone in the bin, and I will. I, I will just go and buy a new phone. I'm fine with that. I just need to hear those words or tell me that you can fix my phone. Well, sir, uh, I'm just looking at your file and we have fixed it twice, so it should be working. <laughs> and that was pretty much the end of the phone call. That was literally, that, that was pretty similar. So to you never I lost it, lost it. No, no. But you stayed about that level. But I got to the point where I was talking about throwing my phone in the bin and stuff. <laughs> I, never, I never feel like, I mean, this poor person. Did you really say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what did they come back with? Well, they said we, we just can't understand why it's not working. Like they were—they weren't trying to be helpful. Yeah, right. They so just, they, they weren't quite as retarded as my no, character. But they just literally could not understand right. why. You know, they were trying everything they were meant to do. Mm. I was doing everything they were meant to do, yeah. and my phone still wasn't working. So yeah. it really was one of those things where I was just like, okay, well, I'll—I'll I'll throw it in the bin. But by that stage, I only had like three days left in America, and I was like, oh, is it really worth? I've gone all this time without a phone. And oh. also that you've committed to the idea of getting it fixed as well. Yeah. You, know, you don't want to quit when, like, you know, the, the dawn is darkest. What is it? No, the night is darkest just before the dawn. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. Everything we get from Batman. <laughs> <laughs> but you've committed that much energy. I can understand. I'm the same. I get quite stubborn. If I commit to a course of action, yeah. I want to see it through to the absolute end. Yeah. We've started it should this be now. working. It should yeah. be working. should be working. So I mean, wasn't working. call me. Get like, I want to speak to the UN. Get yeah. me the world's best scientist. Let's yeah. fucking nut this out. Yeah. I just want to, yeah, get Stephen Hawking from that sex club and he can have a look at my phone <laughs> and see if we can work this shit out. So, anyway, I'm cleaning up because I had some other people staying at the, the apartment while I was back here on tour. Mm. And so I thought I'd better clean up a bit. Uh, I'm up on the bookshelf and I found Amy's sin from when she was over staying with me. And I thought, ah, well, that's a simple solution. I'll just whack her sim in my phone and I can, I can make calls from that. That'll do me for the next three days while I'm here. Perfect. Easy. Yeah. I put her sim in the phone, Charlie. It worked. Which was unusual because the bill wouldn't have been paid. I thought I'd still have to pay the bill and then it would work. Do you know why it worked, Charlie? Because it was my sim. The whole time that I hadn't been able to get the phone to work was because I had Amy's sim in the phone. So everything they'd done, 
They'd fixed it, but it was fixed sitting up on the shelf, not in a phone. Why Why was Amy's SIM in your phone? Because the night before we left, Amy's, uh, had, lost, Amy had lost her phone charger, <laughs> oh right? God. But she still had her SIM and she needed to make a call. So yeah, I yeah. said, why don't you just put your SIM in my phone? And you forgot that incident. And when I come back tomorrow... I will remember that we did that and oh, I'll just swap them over. You had a three but tomorrow layover. was five weeks later. <laughs> five weeks later, of course. And I forgot. But isn't that satisfying that you know now? Like, actually, that's a really good... Like, if this was uh, Encyclopedia Brown, <laughs> the case of the phone that wouldn't work, <laughs> and Encyclopedia came in and explained that, I'd be satisfied with that ending. Yep. You know what? And I'm glad that you didn't throw the phone. In, in the, the river. Oh, in, the, in, the river. <laughs> in the river. Just much more dramatic. That's the writer in me. I'm glad you didn't throw the phone off the tower. Yeah. Imagine, yeah. I climbed to the top of the biggest phone tower in town and threw the phone from it. Never again. Never. <laughs> I did feel like ringing them back to go, I'm so sorry about that time I said I was going to throw your phone in the bin. It's one time when I was working at the video store, um, uh, Often people return videos without the tape and the cover. And so you yeah. have to call them up and say, hey, sure. you know. And we did, so, we did um, the other day. We had a DVD we left in the play. Yeah, right. Yeah. It and, happens all the time. And so like your, it's part of your daily duties would be call people up who, you know, or yeah. have either got late videos or, you know. Anyway, so I called this guy and um, I said, oh, look, I think you've brought the, the cover back, but there's no tape. And the guy's like, oh, really? I really remember putting it in, but I'll have a look around. Really nice guy. But... The tape never came back. I kept calling him. He kept saying, mate, like, I'm really sorry. I gave it to my daughter. I'm like, well, maybe your daughter put it somewhere. Like my daughter, she put it on the counter. There was a blonde girl working. Like, he was, you know, totally. But for some reason, I was, like, playing, like, uh, bad, bad cop, bad cop with this guy. Yeah. Because he kept, you know, every time I call him, he'd say, mate, I've brought it back. I'm like, hey, mate, the computer doesn't lie. Like, I'm looking here. And it's like, because it was not in the store. Couldn't find the cover, couldn't find the tape. And so you're the last person who had it. It must be you. Look, I'm yeah. not, wasn't born yesterday. Yeah. I don't know why I decided to take this fucking attitude with this yeah. guy. You just thought this guy was like stealing. Do you know what video it was? Can you remember what video it was? <sighs> it, was just, it was something like, I think it was Women of Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there's a video called Glow, which is Gorgeous Ladies <laughs> of Wrestling. And it was like one of those 80s. Remember when like rock and roll wrestling was a thing in the 80s? Yeah. So this was like a... It wasn't like a WWF or, you know, even WCW. It was like a, just like a little fringe breakaway league that was the gorgeous women, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Yeah. Ladies. No ladies. No ladies. Yeah. But they had like, you know, they'd have war paint and, you yeah. know, the little costumes and stuff. It wasn't particularly sexy. It was just kind of like, you know how porn in the 80s, now porn stars now look, look like supermodels. Yeah. Well, like, in, it's the same for wrestling. Wrestling and porn have a lot of parallels. Like, Nowadays, wrestlers have like almost amazingly perfect physiques. They look like bodybuilders. Yeah. But in the eighties, you could be just enormously fat. Yeah. <laughs> and you could be a wrestler. Same goes for porn, where you know, in, now they're all beautiful. But back in the day, like the the women could have been were really really ugly. So these girls weren't necessarily and the men. And by the, the way, Did well, they, I don't what, think the men have got better looking in porn. Uh, I reckon like there's lots of fit physically guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, I don't know if a Ron Jeremy came along now, he would be able to be. I mean, I know there's a lot of that sort of Gonzo style yeah, stuff, porn. but but I don't think that like yeah, Ron Jeremy was like a massive porn star. You know, what yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, whereas I'm not sure that these days. I think it would come along purely from the fetish point of view. Like yeah. there's someone who likes to see ugly people have sex. Yeah, but that that that's what I mean. It would be a fetish. Yeah. yeah. Whereas he was mainstream. Well, mainstream in a fringe. <laughs> yeah, but mainstream porn. Yeah. Like of the porn industry, he was one of the mainstream players, right? Mainstream porn. Was porn ma- mainstream? No, but I'm just saying of the porn industry. Of the industry. Porn. Yeah, yeah. He was like one of the biggest stars in porn. Yeah, I guess so. Right? Yeah. Whereas like these days, 
he'd be like a freaky guy we keep in the corner. But I think when he started out, like he's always been ugly. Yeah. But when he started out, he was thin and had like a short back and sides, like a little Jufro and stuff. He wasn't hideous. He just got more increasingly more bizarre as he got older, just like fatter and hairier and stuff. It's like one of those things. It's like, it's like God was taking away, for all the joy he'd had, he would take away something every time. So every time Ron Jeremy got to stick his dick in someone more beautiful than him, God would take another yeah. bit of his beauty yeah, in it's, return. It's the it por- like he'd made portrait some, of Dorian Gray. Yeah. But like he's the living portrait. He'd made some sort of Faustian pact where he basically just said, like, okay, oh, okay. Imagine right. this. Yeah. Like the devil comes to you, right? Yeah. I don't know why I said it was God last time. I don't know why <laughs> God's making porn star deals. It doesn't really feel like a God thing to do. He's sending My funds. God does well. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the devil. The right. devil comes up okay, to Okay, so you're the devil. Yeah, I'm the devil. And so where am I when you come up to me? Wherever. All right, hanging out in the park. Just read, hanging out. Reading a book. Yeah, just... What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a <laughs> fictional <laughs> scenario. <laughs> reading, all right, reading my iPhone. You're at home alone on the big footy forums. Okay. <laughs> all right. Home alone on big footy forums. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... God damn Gavin XL07. <laughs> I hate this guy. Can't wait to trash him. All right. Uh, Charlie. Yes. It's me, the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, I have a... Haven't seen you since I was about 12. <laughs> when I was an altar boy. <laughs> well, I'm back. Yeah. It's good to see you You look again. good. Yeah, I've been enjoying the podcast. Oh, great. Yeah. You get that down there. Yeah. What, That's honest, all we get. We can't get reception, so we have to download things. <laughs> be honest with me. Do you yeah. use it uh, as an ironic punishment for anyone? Yeah, mostly. I mean, just your bits. So like... We're big fans of Will. So if there's like an audio engineer or something, is that yeah. what you play to him? Yeah, that's right. If, if there's been an evil audio engineer who has punished hell, we play him uh, Tofot Recordings. Okay, great. Yeah. Right. So what's up? Uh, so uh, I've come to offer you a deal. Yep. A deal with the devil, if you will. Yeah, with uh, you. With me. Do you speak in the third person? The often? devil. Yeah. The devil. I'm the devil. Uh, the devil has an offer for you. Okay. Um, so uh, here's my offer. Yeah. Basically, uh, you have the opportunity to be the world's greatest lover. I'm going to let you have sex with... All the most beautiful women in the world. However, anyone, anyone, a- anyone, okay. anyone, anytime, yeah. you can have sex with them. However, <laughs> every time you stick your dick in a you know, beautiful woman, you are going to get 1% less attractive. Okay. Uh, 1%, like unanimously across the board, no one will think I'm attractive. Just 1%. Yeah, per. but to every culture, to every person, like it's not like a subjective thing. Everyone, no matter where I go, will think I'm one percent less attractive. I mean, that that would be uh, mostly physical things. So, like maybe at the start, the one percent might be a little bit of your hair okay. starts to fall out. Okay, and then maybe one percent's a little bit of gut starts to come. But eventually, as the like each time you do it, yeah, you know, you're gonna get and, I, and more and, and more hideous. And am I starting at a hundred percent? Well, you're starting at what you are, about seventy-five. I'm seventy-five. <laughs> All right, cool. So that's I need to know that. So I've, I've only got seventy-five. Sex sessions before I'm hideous. Yeah, I mean, no, you're 75. You've got 75 sex sessions before yeah. you're like literally so just no a, a ball of tumors and hair. Okay, like you know. And I am I actually a ball of tumors and hair, or is it just how I'm perceived? No, because I don't want to. I actually, oh no, that's I actually what you like. Deformed. You literally become so deformed. I, so I also get the kind of like a, you know, I'm yeah. like waddling and and the tumors are they like cancerous or filled with pus or anything? No, no, just really hideous to look at. Okay, so but I actually get the physical restrictions of getting yeah. more hideous. So too. literally the first time you did it, just as an experiment. So yeah. I gave you these powers, right? Yeah. And the first time you did it, you went well, Angelina Jolie or something, right? Yeah. 
So the minute you had sex with her, yeah. your hair had started to fall out. That's just that's just how. It what, that's one percent all my hair, or just a little no, bit of hair? No, just some of your hair. Okay, would not start to fall out. But oh. you would you would literally be doing it, and you would like if we were making a movie of this. Yeah. And if you were going to have sex with Angelina Jolie, we should think about making a movie of that. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I'd love that. Particularly if you do it early on, before you become really unattractive, <laughs> we should make a movie of that. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, you'd see like some hair just like fall yeah. down on the sheets, so you'd be aware straight away. Okay, all right. And what constitutes a sex act? Uh, PMV, PMV, PNA, penis vagina. Yeah. Okay. P in. Why are you being? You're the devil. Why are you being so? You know. I still have standards. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, like if everyone's always saying these things, they have no meaning in hell. Uh, Charlie, right. sometimes I need to. Keep a little bit of mystery. Okay, fair enough. Uh, uh, so penetration. 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 Is uh, hand, but hand jobs. No, hand jobs are fine. So, but you can't get every woman in the world to give you a hand job. Uh, <laughs> damn <laughs> you, Faust. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, the, like, it literally comes with that proviso. Okay. Um, all right, all right, all right. Uh, As so, they say, Charlie, the devil's in the details. Okay, but how about this? So let's say... Just to clarify, yeah, I'm, no, seven, I'm 75. I got time. You got, a, you got a tenant, are you right? Uh, I got 75% attractiveness, mm. and I'm going to lose 1%. So that's 75 sex sessions. Yep. How about this? 75 until you're literally a what hideous boy. Am I, but you're talking about like I can have sex with the most beautiful women. Can I have sex with unattractive women and it doesn't count against my percentage? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Great. So how do we work out what's attractive and what's unattractive? I've got a list. Okay. Like Santa. Okay. <laughs> I'm making a more interesting list of hot women. Right. No, they'd be... Okay, this is the criteria. Women that would not ordinarily have sex with you. <laughs> so that, that's like 98% <laughs> of the planet. But that's, but that's what it is. Okay, well, Essentially, the superpower yeah. is the power to get women who wouldn't ordinarily have sex with you okay. to have sex so, with you. All right, but, but how, do you, how do we know? Like, if given the opportunity, maybe I could get Angelina Jolie to sleep with me. You couldn't. Really? No. Ever? No. What about... She's nothing... married to Brad Pitt. Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's, maybe I won't aim so high. Let's say... Uh, let's say... Uh, uh, yeah. Give me some a female Australian personality that I could possibly sleep with. Oh, okay. Um, uh, like... Um, uh, know, Fifi uh, Box. Oh, yeah, okay. Just for the sake Perfect. of argument. Okay? Fifi Box. Yeah, she's not married or anything. No, no. Okay. She's single. Okay. Perfectly appropriate. Okay, so Fifi Box, right? So, I meet her. Yeah. There's a good chance that she's going to sleep with me. Yeah. Does that count against my percentage? Because... No. Because you think she might sleep with me. Yeah, she might. Okay, so you've, made a, so you've made a judgment call. Yeah. So, you, using your satanic powers, have yeah. analysed every single woman in the world, have given them a rating. Yeah. Just And you've used, like, probably some goodwill hunting mathematical formula to oh, work out. Oh, it's a formula. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you think that you can properly guess what girls would sleep with me and, and who wouldn't. Yeah. Let's pick more celebrities that you think. <laughs> um, do you think any of High Five, the original cast, would sleep with me? Yep. This is Definitely. Good. Okay. Um, um, all the girls and... No, two of the girls. I reckon two <laughs> of the girls from High Five would sleep with you. And how many of the guys? Uh, two. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that Kathleen DeLeon, the one who married the guy from Savage Garden, she wouldn't sleep with you. Uh, what about um, Nicole Kidman? Yep. She would? Yep. Really? Yeah. Okay. Shit. Um, this is great. Uh, what about the one of the Tozzy sisters? 
Do you want to choose one or are you just happy with either? <laughs> either Tozzy. Either Tozzy. Why? Is there a difference? <laughs> Would you rate them differently? Yeah. I don't even know what their names are. Uh, Cheyenne. Tozzy. Is that even <laughs> I don't really know. I just don't even try. Just the Tozzy. <laughs> the Tozzies. Tozzy, Tozzy, Tozzy. Oi, oi, oi. Yeah, no, you can sleep with the Tozzies. Julia Gillard. Hmm. Uh, if you sleep with Julia Gillard, you get 1% more attractive. <laughs> All right, so I can actually build percentage back up if I yes. sleep with okay. really unattractive women. Yes, you can. All right, but this is this is the problem. Yeah, you only get you have to sleep with five unattractive women <laughs> to get to one get one percentage point back. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. No. Yeah. Okay. So um, now, can you offer me any other kind of? Can you sweeten the deal? Can I sweeten the deal? Yeah. To give you a superpower, the woman you can what? sleep with any beautiful woman in the world. But I have a girlfriend. Yeah. And I'm in love with my girlfriend and I don't want to cheat on my girlfriend. Can you work some kind of magic where it's just uh, okay with it or, or something? Yeah. But how are you going to explain the fact that you're continually getting uglier? <laughs> I can't I can't cover that up. Okay. I you am, can make it okay with the Faustian pact, the sleeping I, with girls. I can make sure that she never finds out. No, that's not the same though. Oh, she has to be okay with it? Yeah. Well, okay. uh, yeah. I'm going to offer her... Because I'm not a great I'll come liar. up with another deal for her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come up with a side deal I'm for her. I'm going to make your boyfriend <laughs> really ugly so you justifiably can break up with him. That's what the devil would do. It's actually not a bad reference for Fallen, you know. I'm playing, playing them off against each Yeah, time. but with exactly the same deal. So you're not your resources aren't taxed at all. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, she'll be fine with it. Okay. All right, okay. cool. Yeah, I'm down with that. You're down with it? I mean, I'm it. fucking 35. I mean, how much more sex am I going to have before I die anyway? Yeah, but how unattractive do you want to get before you die? How far? No, but I could save onto it for like, I may be able to use it three times. Is there like a, I have to use a certain percentage a year, otherwise I lose the power? Because no. otherwise, I could just save it up. I mean, on the top of my you head. You could, but uh, yes, but would you? Like, once you realise that you could have sex with Angelina Jolie or Mila Kunis, or have, you could have, like, a, a threesome with the two of them. Oh, so you can lose 2% at once. Yeah. So if I come home looking really fucked up one day, you know, I've just been yeah. annoyed you. Exactly. <laughs> and with, within, with this power, can I, do I have to actually physically go find these women that then fall in love with me, or can I magic them up? No, no, you still have to... Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so I have to somehow get within 10 feet of Angelina Jolie. Before she'll notice me and fall in love with me. You have to be in the same room. Okay. And are there real world consequences for what I've done? So, no. for instance... All right. So, I can sleep with Angelina and it's not like Brad is going to no. catch wind and find no. out. You'll be fine. Okay. All right. So, you'll uh, get away with it. Yeah. Apart from the fact that you the are... The problem is, you know what happens is, you know, you get fucking drunk or stoned mm. and horny and whatever. And then you'd be somewhere and you're like, well, I can fucking magic up a... Well, not magic up. I can go get, make a girl fall in love with me. Yeah. And then, I think that would be the moments. I would probably lose like 10% like on a fucking Saturday night if I, yeah. you know, wasn't... Being you get yourself like, invited to the Victoria's Secret um, yeah, yeah, like yeah, launch and then just... See, you'd, that's it. You'd yeah. fu- and you'd do, you'd do 35% there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Sports Illustrated cover. That party. Can I... What happens if I take the Victoria's Secret um, uh, parade, I take all 12 girls, whatever, back to my hotel and I just make them take off their clothes and make out with each other. Yeah. Do I lose a percentage? Is that less percentage loss? You can't make them do that though. How are you going to convince them to do that? Because yeah. uh, they, oh, they yeah. want to service me. Exactly. Well, I could say to them, if you want to make me happy, make out with each other and then, no. It's only, it has like literally, you know, 
Otherwise, you're just Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> That's pretty much what his whole life is like. He goes to Australia's next top model like it's a sushi tray. Wow. And just picks shit off. <laughs> yeah, get the ones with the blue rings. They're cheaper. Um, yeah, I'll do it. Definitely. Yeah, well, I mean, what's the, like, there's, there's nothing, there's, I can't really see a downside. All right, well, that's a deal. All right, cool. <laughs> Great to shake, meet you. Shake, that's fine. <laughs> Don't be a stranger, big D. Well, where are you off to next? <laughs> no, no, that's my day, that's, I'm going to, I'm going to take the rest of the day off. Okay, cool. That was a good day for me. Got any, uh, what's on the horizon there? Got any big jobs coming up? Yeah, yeah, no, like, I mean, we're just doing our usual work, you know, it's like, it's a bit busy time of the year for us, you yeah, know. Right. Coming up to Easter, a lot of people, uh. You know, thinking about religion, so it's, it's it's a busy time for us, you know. We're trying to tempt them with the chocolate eggs. That's one of ours. All right. Yeah. Great. Totally. You know, obesity, greed, like, you know, sloth. It all works. It, it's it's a big one for us, Easter. So People gotta, forget about the guy who got nailed to the cross. i got to ask, uh, US elections coming up. Yep. Um, have you got any uh, say in uh, the uh, candidates? Who, who comes? Uh, yeah, who's your endorsement? Who's, who's the devil in endorsement? Well, I heard Roseanne Barr might be running as an independent. Oh, really? Yeah, she's running like a campaign on Twitter trying to get elected. So I, I'm going to, I mean, I was a massive Roseanne fan. We used to watch it down in hell, lighten the mood, you know? <laughs> Loved a bit of Roseanne. Always thought that John Goodman wished he was a bit more evil. We'd love to have him down here on our side. Were you the, were you the guys responsible for the last season where you find out that it was all in her head? Uh, that was, uh, she made a pact with me. I said, um, I'll I will, give you one of the greatest sitcoms ever. The greatest ever. sitcoms ever, but you have to fuck it all up in the last few moments. That is the only deal. And she took it. She took it. Yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> I've got to say, Devil, like, uh, you're, you're very generous. Your packages are very, very generous. Well, I you've got to get people in, otherwise... <laughs> How are we going to hook him in? I just worry that... Man, it, I, you should have seen when I went to uh, David Duchovny about the X-Files. I said, look, it's going to be a massive show, but it will fizzle out and confuse people. <laughs> that is, you're going to have to deal with that. That's, that's what we're doing. And I'll throw you the sex addiction as a freebie. Yeah, that sex addiction, that's, that's from me to you. Yeah. That's a whole different deal. We'll do a side deal. We'll have a side pop. We'll work that one out. Uh, did you, you watch the whole series of X-Files? Yeah. I think I got like to series three, and then I kind of... I just it felt a bit the same after a while. I loved X Files, and there was kind of like a um, what's Chris Carter doing now? Is it that's the guy, isn't it? The guy yeah. who created it. He, um, I don't really know actually what he's doing. Because he was quite sort of hot for a while. He was like the JJ yeah. Abrams. Well, he had that, and he had Millennium. Yeah, and there's another one which I really fucking liked. I don't know if you ever watched. Yeah, Millennium. that was great. That's that was an unreal show. The first opening scene of that is one of the scariest yeah. fucking things in. And TV. John Locke. Whatever the guy who played John Locke in Lost, he, yeah. was, he was in that, that as well. Oh, that's where he's from. Did yeah. he used to have a moustache? Yeah. Yes, right. That's yeah. taken me fucking 10 years to work that out. Yeah. Right. And actually, speaking of the devil, there's a new American TV show that they're kind of, you know, they were looking to get up during pilot season. I was reading a bit about, <clears throat> and it's about this apartment block that is kind of run, that, that the premise is that everyone in there has either sold their soul to the devil or is like selling their soul to the devil and the guy who runs it is some sort of like devil-esque you know, sort of character. So, the Australia Network. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, it's John Locke. The, the, the John Locke guy is... Yeah, the, right. Yeah, it sounds it, quite interesting, actually. Did it get picked up? Or do they don't know yet? They're shooting it now. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I just read an article about it. It sounds... Because I'm always quite interested in, uh, like, Terry McQuinn or Terry Quinn or, yeah, or right. something, whatever his name is. And he's a really good actor. Do you reckon those actors who did Lost, they must have made out pretty well, yeah? I mean, it's such a big cast. they kind of all been on the same money. But you reckon most of them would be fairly set up? Yeah, although, unfortunately, what they did was they took them back to 1970 and paid them in 1970 wages as part of the Dharma Initiative. 
Um, yeah, I guess so. By the end of the, the show, I imagine they all probably would have been doing quite well. But that show also wouldn't have been a show where you would have had the firmest of negotiating weapons because kill you at any... it was an easy show to kill people off. <laughs> like, they quite often were just like, contract... In fact, um, what's The Hobbit? Um, Peter Jackson. No. <laughs> No. Uh, oh, Mon- no, Dominic Monaghan. Dominic Monaghan, right? <laughs> the Hobbit. So he played Charlie in the show, right? Yeah. And we interviewed Where him. Where are we? That's and we, his line for the first episode. We uh, interviewed him for the radio. Yeah. And he was saying there was this character that was a really big, um, like, you know, lost fan favourite called uh, Mr. Echo. Yeah. And Mr. Echo then died really, like, unexpectedly. Expectedly, and, expected. And, and, and was... Um, and was you get that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's an echo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's probably worth pointing out because people listening to this podcast might go, oh, they <laughs> fucked up the equipment again. Now, now there's a fucking echo. So Mr. Echo died really unexpectedly. and um, What was his first name? Pseudo? <laughs> no, that was his pseudonym. <laughs> oh. Um, so, Mr. Echo died really unexpectedly, and he was this really cool character. And at the time, Lost fans were really like, why did they kill him off so quickly? Mm-hmm. And so we asked Dominic Monaghan about it, and they just said he was a pain in the ass. The actor. Yeah, the actor was just a real pain in the ass. No yeah, one got right. along with him, so they just fucking killed him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what they can do. So I reckon they, you know, on that show, people... were very nervously entering contact negotiations. yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. So like, I'd like an extra hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, well, there's a smoke <laughs> monster who has something to say about that. <laughs> um, I was watching uh, Ghost last night. Oh yeah, and I repeated Ghost on. And um, I have to ask you, uh, um, what's the what's the study of ghosts? What's it called? Parapsychology question. Parapsychology. Okay, sure. I don't know, the Ghostbusters were parapsychologists. I'm pretty sure. All right. Anyway, sure. it's parapsychology question. In that film. Uh, uh, Patrick Swayze, he realizes he can't make contact with things, and he has to learn how to kind of you know concentrate to to move objects. Okay, yeah, yeah. So prior to him being able to move objects, you see him like passing through doors and walls and stuff, um, and he's obviously very uncomfortable with it. Like you know, you see him sort of like flinch every time he has to walk through a wall because it must be like a weird experience for a ghost, right, to pass through a solid object. Oh, and there's like and people walk through him even. Don't yeah, they? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I remember. My question to you yeah. is. If you're an object, if you're a ghost who can pass through solid objects, how are you able to sit on a chair? How are you able to stand on a floor of an apartment building that's more than one floor off the ground? Because shouldn't you sink through the floor if you cannot? If you if you can pass through solid objects, how does a ghost? Like, well, I mean, not just the floor, the earth. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, like. <laughs> There are, you know what? There are ghosts. The problem yeah. is, as soon as you become a ghost, yeah. you just sink to the yeah. molten core of the earth. They're trapped in the middle of the planet. Is this Scientology? Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it and is. Thus, we've invented a religion. <laughs> but it, I mean, I guess that's right. Like the ghost would just pass through. Yeah. Um, I mean, how does a ghost? If you can, if you have fuck, finally no we found a flaw in the movie Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot cornier than I remembered. I mean, I remember thinking it was a really good film, and I haven't seen it like. 15 years, and uh, also that I knew it had won a bunch of Oscars. Like, it yeah. won Best Supporting Actress, right? Yeah, for Whoopi Best Goldberg. Original Screenplay. Yeah. And it was nominated for a bunch of others. But then you watch it, and it's like, oh, my God, this is... I don't know it would fly these days. I'm sure they're considering a remake of it, but I don't think it would fly. I think it's way too syrupy. 
They should, because then, yeah, they're also considering a Ghostbusters remake. They should do a... Ghost, ghost, ghost versus ghost, Ghostbusters. Ghost colon Ghostbusters. Yeah. Ghost but, Ghostbusters. No, but like literally like, you know, like an alien versus Predator. Yeah, a yeah. Freddy versus Jason. They should have Ghost versus Ghostbusters. <laughs> and like Patrick Swayze's ghost comes back and like has to fight the Ghostbusters. Is it ironic that... That'd um, be a great B plot if you remade... I mean, obviously you can't remake it because Patrick has passed on, but... Um, no, why can't you remake it? Why don't you just reboot it? Reboot Ghostbusters, reboot Ghost. Yeah, but I didn't mean just like I mean like that, I don't want to like remake the whole thing. I just want people to slide splice in the Ghostbusters B story around the movie Ghost. Someone could do that. That's easy. As if like the Ghostbusters have heard about this no. ghost that's in this apartment, and I guarantee yeah. they, so that would be on YouTube. I'm sure someone has mashed up Ghost and Ghostbusters, so you see them turn on their proton whatever the whatever what are they guns for. I don't know. Proton packs? What are they called? Roger Ramjet had proton packs. Don't pills. cross the streams. Proton packs. Anyway, let's say they're called proton packs. Yep. You could just cut that scene of them in the ballroom in Ghostbusters when they're going for Slimer. Now they all shoot their streams up to the roof. Yeah. And then cut to a shot of Patrick Swayze, and then you just kind of, after effects, put some light beams over him. Yeah. Sure, someone's done that. Ghost versus Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's your challenge, internet, if it is, doesn't already exist. <laughs> um, so he. Didn't fall through the floor. No, but, but he had to learn. Maybe it's one but of But people s- could push like a... When he's in the hospital once in, an orderly pushes like a gurney through him, you know. So he's obviously got no control uh, of, the, of the material world if, it, if, it, if he comes into contact. With Maybe him. you know what it is. Maybe it's like one of those things. He gets on a train at one stage. Yeah. And another train's passing by and he leans forward so his head goes out of the wall of that train so he can see into the cabin of the next train and then like straightens back up and he's back in the cabin. How is he not falling through the floor of the train? I don't understand. Well... Maybe when you are a ghost, the only thing that isn't ghostly is your feet or your shoes or something. Maybe you get, like, solid feet. <laughs> so you can... All, so floor, <laughs> surfaces that you're standing on, you won't go through. But if it's a vertical surface, right. you can pass through it. Right. So it's kind of like being on the moon. You've just got weighted boots. <laughs> but otherwise, you'd be floating off into the air. Yeah, right. Um, no, I think it's like one of those things of... It's, it's about what you're thinking about. So if you instinctively aren't thinking that you're going to fall through something, yeah. then you can sit in a chair because it's instinctive, like you're a ghost, that's how it's meant to be. But the minute he's, he's aware that this shouldn't, thing shouldn't be passing through me or this thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that makes like sense. It's, it's, it's kind of a psychological thing. And that's why he has to learn how to be able to control it so he yeah. can yeah, do things. I think you're onto something. Because when the scary subway ghost is training him up on how to move objects, he yeah. says, your problem is you think you're still alive. It's not the same thing. You've got to think about moving it and not try and move it. Yeah. So that's probably what it is. Yeah. If you are, if you're still thinking of yourself as being alive, you will pass through that. I don't understand. What's I don't know. I um. What, what other memories do you have of that film? I haven't seen it for years. I remember there's that bit at the end where it's there's like a the the kissing scene where it, it's like it's, it's Whoopi Goldberg, Goldberg and to me more, but then they fade. <laughs> <clears throat> like they do kind of like a movie thing. Yeah, the channel, where, it's the channeling scene where... Because Whoopi has this ability to channel ghosts. So basically yeah. a ghost will sit... You see the ghost like morph into her and she becomes... Like possession. Yeah. She becomes a ghost and she can touch things. And so Sam Wheat, that's Patrick Swayze, Swayze's character, says to Demi Moore that he just wishes he could touch her one last time. Yeah. And Oda Mae Brown, Whoopi Goldberg, oh. says, okay, Sam, just yeah. I'll let you do this. And so Sam sits in and you, the way they shoot it is... In one shot, you see Whoopi's hands going down and touching Demi's hands and starting to rub it lightly. Then they 
tilt up to Demi's face and you see her closing her eyes, like feeling the touch of her dead lover. And then they pull to a wide and there's no Whoopi, it's Patrick Swayze. Yeah, but it's not, it's Whoopi. <clears throat> That's right. Yeah, they should make a version of it that just has that scene. Yeah, Whoopi, Whoopi and Demi Moore. Making out with Demi Moore. But they don't actually make out. They, all they do is they, they kind of, they do a slow dance. He holds her, he smells her hair. I don't think they actually ever kiss. Really? Yeah. Surely if you're like, you know, I want to touch her one more time, you're going to slip in a finger or two. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? I just want to touch her one last time. <laughs> just go straight for the finger bang. Ditto. <laughs> That was the that's the, that was that the big was the, romantic bit. Yeah, I? that's two, how he knew. There was two things out of the, two things out of that film that I remember because it was I, I must have been about year eleven I reckon when that film came out. Yeah, and I had a girlfriend. Her name was um, Beth English, and she was like definitely like the the hottest girlfriend I had ever had. And she was a year older and she had a car. And um, Beth English. Yeah, and it's I, a good name. Yeah, it's quite sexy. She was sexy. It's like a sixties like a female spy, like one of the Avengers, not the. Marvel Avengers, the English Avengers. Yeah, like an Emma. Beth, Beth English. Yeah. Beth English with what's the, uh, it's M5. <laughs> yeah. I actually. Uh, is it M5? Is that their secret service? I, maybe. I think so. MI5? MI5. MI5. What is it? It's Mission Impossible, MI8. No, it's an MI5. MI5? I don't know. They don't really do anything cool. There's not, there's not, if they don't make a movie about it, I don't know what they are. <laughs> but um, I, I did uh, date a girl for a while who was an accountant who was named after... Emma Frost. Oh, really? Yeah, from the... Really? Yeah. She had nerdy parents. Yeah. Yeah, right. Emma Frost is a cool name. Yeah. Beth English, Emma Frost. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Beth English was my girlfriend at the time, and I remember us slow dancing (laughs) at some party to Unchained Unchained Melody. Melody. Like, you know, as the most romantic thing in the world. Watching it last night that was really apparent was that pottery scene, which is now so iconic and so parodied. Even if you've never seen the film, you know the pottery scene from Guys. Yeah, and it was weird... Watching it again. Pottery. After 20- that was Pottery's moment, wasn't it? After 20- Everyone in Pottery at that time would have been, Pottery is, is going to be sexy as. <laughs> it's going to be the biggest thing. People are suddenly putting down their yoga mats and going off to Pottery Studios. Yeah. Well, that scene, though, after, with, after 22 years of parody, when you watch it, it seems ridiculous. Yeah, like, right. at the time, it was probably, like, completely just genius, you know, so groundbreaking and such a, a great metaphor for sex, like, you know, moulding clay and the merging of the hands <laughs> and the bare chest and all that kind of shit. But then you watch it now and it's like, oh my God, it's been, it's been parodied so much. Yeah. And I was thinking if you were the director, like would that break your heart a little bit that you actually came up with a really powerful scene that was so fucking powerful that people just had to tear it down to the point where it's self-parody. Like I think it happens, Gemma is not a Beatles fan. Yeah. And the reason she's not a Beatles fan is because she her, hears it all the time, everywhere, on ads, you know, and when you're shopping, all this kind of stuff. So it's a saturation point where she has no appreciation for the artistic integrity. To her, it's just kind of, you know, it's, it's saturation. And I think that that's what's happened with that scene. Is like it was a great scene and really clever, but because it's everywhere and everyone's done it, that you just can't see... It would be hard for someone who wasn't aware of it at the time to sort of, you know, go back and think... To watch it now. Yeah, like a kid who was born in 1990, they're 22 now. They, you couldn't possibly look at that and go... Oh, I get it, because it's just been parodied. I showed somebody Casablanca recently. Somebody's never seen Casablanca. I've never seen Casablanca. But, mate, you could, like, literally when you watch Casablanca, having never seen it, you will think you've seen the movie. Yeah, right. Because every single scene in that film... Is iconic. Is iconic, and has been parodied so many different times. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's true, actually. I could probably piece it together yeah. just from, like, you know, yeah. uh, set that night live sketches. Yeah, you need a little bit of play it, Sam. This is the start of a beautiful friendship. The Germans wore grey. The they, problems of two people blue. don't amount to a hill of beans, beans in this crazy world. Exactly. You're going to get on that plane? <laughs> Something about Nazis? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Mon- Monaco? Is that yeah. right? Is it Monaco? No, Casablanca. What Casablanca. Is that? Yeah, is I that don't Monaco? No, it's like, uh, I, don't, I can't remember the geographical... And what's the song that goes with Casablanca? Fuck. Mm. Um. Come, on, come on, Charlie, you must <laughs> oh, remember. Fuck. What is it? It's, um, you must remember. You must remember this. Is that it? <laughs> oh, great, you gave me a clue. I'm so bad at picking up your clues. If we were at a casino and you were the guy who's giving me signals at the blackjack table, I'd be like, what? You'd be like, uh, 19 people coming to the party tonight. And I'd be like... "Is." Is, Why? Well, you can tell me those people coming to the... Man, I told you I didn't want to have a party. Man, remember that, that time we went and saw Three Kings? <laughs> I'd be like... Remember Three Kings? No, I don't. I didn't see it with you. Do you remember, my, <laughs> do you remember your favourite uh, Adam Sandler movie, Something and Jill? <laughs> Something and Jill. I don't know. The Jack and Jill, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that movie, The Something and I? <laughs> That's what I have in my hand. Um, so, the ditto. Ditto was the, oh, the yeah, yeah. moment. From um, and yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I can't. Was the thing I can't imagine that no one has seen Ghost, but if yep. you haven't, spoilers. The way <laughs> I think there's like a five year moratorium on spoilers, or maybe even two years. Yep. You can spoil Avatar now. Yeah, you need to spoil giant cat people, Marines. You can work out who wins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, uh, Odomay Brown, Woody. Whoopi Go- Woody Goldberg. Woody Goldberg. <laughs> it's a hybrid between yeah. Woody Allen and Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Woody Goldberg. Um, so uh, she is a, a psychic who uh, dead Patrick Swayze, Sam Wheat, comes to contact and says, you've yeah. got to go find my girlfriend because she's in danger. You need to give her this message. Yeah. So she meets with Demi Moore. Demi Moore is very sceptical until Whoopi Goldberg whips out Ditto, Ditto, which is a shared joke that Sam and Demi had when they were together, which was she would say, I, I love you, and he would say ditto because he was too scared to say, she said, I love you. Yeah. This was back in the days where that could be a premise for a man. Yeah. Like a plot premise of a film was like, a guy, the guy never say says, I love, I love you. you. <laughs> Whereas now guys are just like at the footy with each other going, I love you. <laughs> that was the best goal ever. This I love is, you. This film was made. Pre- you got me a pie. I love you. <laughs> this film was made pre ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, See, for, most, for Sam Wheat, the only way he was able to loosen up enough to tell his girlfriend he loved him was to die. Yeah. Luckily for us. Yeah. It was pharmaceuticals. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, ditto. So if Gemma... Okay, so if you die, so yeah. Gemma's left, you've been murdered yeah. by your best friend, by yeah. me. Yes. <laughs> right. All right okay. so, so I'm plotting against you to take over yeah. the podcast. You didn't mean to murder me. You wanted the guy to steal my wallet. Yeah. So you could use my... ID or whatever to set something up. Basically, but he freaked out. Basically, there's been a massive offer for the podcast. Yep, like it's going to be massive money coming my way, mm-hmm. but I need the passcode to all the old podcasts, that which you I keep in my wallet. Keep in your wallet for some reason. For some reason, for some plot device. Because it's 1990, <laughs> and no one has hard drives or email. Yeah, and there's been a mix-up of some kind, like we just had before, where you took my wallet to the shops. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Will and I both have black wallets. And I went to, well, not being racial or anything, they're just they made it black leather. Well, you made it racist. <laughs> You're the one who made it racist. Your wallet's racist, it's got no money. Black and it's got no money. Mine's got heaps of money. Mine's like Jay-Z. I have the Kanye and the Jay-Z. I've got the... 
I've got the offensive stereotype wallet. Yeah, and I've got the positive new bling role model wallet. So I accidentally took Jay-Z yeah. down the road and I went to buy some donuts. And when I pulled out what I thought was my wallet, it exploded with cash. <laughs> and it was like, oh my God, finally God has answered my friend. It's like, oh no, that's not my wallet. <laughs> but you bought a lot of donuts. I a lot of donuts. <laughs> Give me all your donuts. So you die. Yes. Uh, I've killed you, yeah. unfortunately, to, to take over the podcast. Yeah. I didn't mean to. Okay, so to what, what they've said to you is, yeah. uh, we love the podcast, yeah. but you've got to get rid of that Clawson. Yeah. Permanently. Permanently. Yeah. So I just thought I could scare you off. Yeah. I thought you could scare you off for the podcast, get you mugged. Yeah. They shout something bad about Tofop as they mug you. <laughs> this is yeah. for your, sound, your bad sound quality. No, what you ask him to do is to like hold us up on the street, take yeah. my wallet, take my license for my wallet, yeah. and say... Charlie Clawson of this address. I now know where you live. If you keep doing the podcast, I'm going to blow your brains out. Oh, perfect. Yeah, but perfect. when he took the wallet out, yeah. I thought he was actually reaching for the donut that I had <laughs> in my jacket pocket. And so I started struggling with him. The gun went off. I got shot. You thought he got shot, but he was just covered in red jam <laughs> from the donut. Okay, so you die. Mm-hmm. Now... Uh, so Gemma, Gemma's still alive and you want to get a message to her. So yeah, because you're coming back to get her for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, because I need... Oh, she's got the podcast equipment. Yeah, she's got all the equipment. Yeah. So I need to come back and, you know... <laughs> and you also need someone to tell you exactly how it works. Yeah. To maybe plug it in for you. Exactly. Did you ever watch Charlie do this? <laughs> because... You seem pretty technical. Yeah. I want to continue the podcast in his honour. In fact, I've just got this big offer to sell it overseas and I just want it as a tribute to him. Then um, you know this. This is uh, this is what I, I want to do. So like you know, it's good for her as well. So I've come over to kind of help with that. But you know that my 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 intentions are nefarious. Yeah, exactly. I... So you've had to um, go and find yourself a psychic. Yeah. So you found like you've gone to like you know Jonathan Kainer, the guy who does the uh, star signs in... in the in the Herald Sun. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you know you've, you've gone into Jonathan Kainer and he's gone gone around to to, to visit Jem. Yeah. What and he's like so hey Jem like you know Charlie's in me yeah. um you know he's he's back from the dead he's got a message for you and she's what? like and she's like no have proof how yeah and she tell me something that only Charlie would know yeah exactly what would you say in that moment to convince Gemma that it was indeed you a ghost you um something that you would say that she would immediately go oh yeah that's Charlie I would say um what can I say uh. Something that no one else knows. Yeah, someone that no one else knows. And the minute it came out of that person's mouth, she'd be like, oh, yeah, that's the thing that Charlie always says. Ah, oh. hey, Piphead. Hey, Piphead. <laughs> I mean, that, look, that's my nickname for her. She calls me Wedgehead because she says I've got a big square head. Yeah. And I call her Piphead because she's got a little tiny head. Right. In fact, <laughs> in the morning, Gemma is not like a morning person. Like, she hates to wake up. Like, you've never met a person who likes sleep more than her. Like, when I wake up and I look at her and I see her sleeping, it's not so much sleeping as she is desperately holding on to sleep. You know what I mean? Like, she, her eyes are clenched shut. She just doesn't (laughs) want it to be morning. And she always, like, she sleeps just so, like, oh, I just don't want to wake up, don't want to wake up. And it makes me laugh, made me laugh so much that um, I went out one day and I bought a grape. (laughs) And I drew this face on the grape, like, with eyes clenched shut just not wanting to wake up and then put it on her pillow. <laughs> that that should be the thing. Like, so Jonathan Cain okay, is right. there, right? He holds up a grape. And he holds up a grape that he's drawn yeah. a little face on. A little face. And she's like, it is Charlie. 
That's true. Yeah, yeah that would definitely. Okay. Yeah. What would Amy's be? Uh, okay, so I, I've died. Yeah. And I've come back and I want to prove. That you know her. I know her. So I've got to say something that I would always say. Yeah. Okay. That not many people would know. Because yeah. the thing about the Piphead thing is a few of our friends, probably you and Amy and a few other people know that Gemma and I call each other Piphead Wedgehead. Like, you know, we've signed off on Facebook. So a really good con artist right. could have found that out. Drawing the face on the grape. I mean, there are other people who've seen photos of it because they did take photos. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's pretty specific. It'd be a really good con artist. Okay. So there's still doubt, but I think Gemma would accept that. Um, I would say, I'm sorry, I love you. What did I do? (laughs) (laughs) It's Will. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, That'd be it. And that'd be the end of our romantic. (laughs) Very short film, though. No, no, you know what it'd be? Here's what I do. This is literally what I do. Um, it'd be, it wouldn't be that scene for me. It'd be when I went into like, we're doing the sort of the pottery scene. Yeah. And then she'd be doing this pottery and she'd think she was making like a vase, mm. but she realized that she'd actually made a bomb. That's <laughs> <laughs> your arts will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> went out the front, got a little bit of garden hose. No, she would know it was you yeah. because once you, once you master uh, power of a moving object, she would be like asleep and she would hear like the TV click in the living room and then the cricket come on. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Will's here. <laughs> yep. As a ghost, be, I mean, as a ghost, you'd be the biggest failure in the world. Like, the whole thing about haunting is you or, or, you know, being a poltergeist is to disturb, like, you know, the, the model plane. <laughs> but if you're a ghost, you specifically just stays on the couch and watches TV. It's like, the other ghost's like, oh, Jesus Christ, mate. No, you, yourself a ghost. You know your mate's uh, plotting against you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a test match, mate. I want to watch all this. I wouldn't be allowed to watch this, this normally. Is a, if I, only because I'm, I'm dead. so I happy to be dead. I can watch the cricket. I have longed for this day where I can die and watch the cricket in peace. She can't do anything. It's brilliant. It's an overseas match, so it's on in the middle of the night. (laughs) South Africa and New Zealand. I know, it's not even a close match, but I can watch it all. I do like that about being on tour. Quite often I will come home. Everyone always thinks about, like, you know, it's like some sort of, yeah, you're on tour, you're at festivals, it must be all night drinking and parties. The amount of times I finish a show and then come back here because New Zealand is playing South Africa in a test match during the middle of the night that I can sit here and watch. All right. I've got another conundrum for you. Okay. For in the realm of ghosts. Yeah. So we talked about how Whoopi Goldberg gets possessed by Patrick and dances. Yeah. Amy dies. Right. About a month later, a dude knocks on the door and he's like, hey, um, your girlfriend uh, is following me around and they do the whole code... Like your girlfriend is haunting you. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> follow me around. Well, that's what he does in Ghost. He just kind of follows her around until oh. she, like he annoys her to the point that she goes and sees Demi Moore. Yeah. She doesn't want to do it. So he keeps her up all night by singing some stupid that's song. That's right. He, bu- he bugs her. That's yeah, right. I yeah, forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. So um, you do the password thing where Amy says something about you. So you believe him. You yeah. believe him. So uh, Amy says through this guy, I just want to touch you one last time. And the guy says, okay, well, you can use my body. Yeah. You say, yep, <laughs> All right, I guess I'm good with this. Or do you say, Amy, hey, look, I know how badly you want to touch me and if I could touch you, I would, but I don't know this guy and I'm not really a very, because you're not a very touchy-feely person. Like, Here's what I would do. 
Right. If it, like if I honestly believe so, let's go into the scenario that I am absolutely hundred percent convinced that you know, like this, you know, this person that I've loved more than anybody else on the planet has you know, contacted you. Has contacted a me, medium. and this may be our last opportunity to have then, any kind of physical contact. Yeah, here's exactly how that scenario would play out. Right. I would say yes because I'd be like, well, you know, this is our last moment. Of course, I'm going to take this moment, and we would touch. And we would this kiss. Is yeah. And then Amy would laugh and go, ha, gay. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I knew you wanted a passion of like, gay. <laughs> and that's how it would work. <laughs> and then she'd fuck off to heaven. <laughs> it's just flipping you the bird on the way up. Take that, gay, gay, gay. <laughs> so you'd do it, though? Yeah, I would do it. Would you do it? Um, I'd be I guess so. I mean, they sort of suggest in the film that when Odomay touches her, her name's Molly, Sam Molly, and Odomay. That's right, yeah. When she touches Molly, that through Demi's reaction, get the feeling that she can feel Sam within the touch. Yeah. Like he touches her in a way. So I guess... Because I, I didn't want to see so, Whoopi Goldberg make out with Demi Moore. So I guess if I close my eyes... Yeah. It would be easier to do if if it felt like you know for some for some bizarre reason it felt like Gemma was touching me. Yeah, I guess I could do it, but I have to get my eyes closed. You'd be fine with that. You'd be like Gemma. You've never your penis has never felt so hard (laughs) against my thigh. Well, that's right. What happens in that if you are a female spirit possessing a male medium and you're making out with your boyfriend, but your boyfriend's not gay? Does the medium get an erection? Because you're controlling that body. That now. old question. I'm so sick of listening to podcasts when they try to ask that question. The old chestnut. I believe it was Washington v. Colonel. Be great if we just one night on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in between capital cities of countries and stuff like that. Eddie Maguire's just belted out. So, if a say you're a ghost. You're a female ghost. You enter the body of a male medium and you make out with your boyfriend who is not gay. Does the medium get an erection? Does he? Well, you answer that. You answer that. <laughs> That'd be a great version of can of worms. Because you're controlling the body now. Yeah, you're the spirit. So if you're a, if you're a, if you're not, if you're going into the opposite sex and you become aroused, can you become aroused as a spirit? I mean, isn't arousal a physical thing? Yeah, but it's not the spirit that's getting aroused. It's the body. vessel yeah, right. okay. through which they're, you know. So okay. so if you start running... So if your emotions, like yeah. if the spirit's emotions that are controlling the, the vessel uh, get aroused, then I would imagine... The body would respond. The body would respond. So as a female ghost yeah. in a male body, if you get aroused, yeah. are you getting an erection? Yeah. So the body... I mean, I think arousal. So basically you're hardwiring a reaction into... It's like putting a chip into a into a computer yeah so the spirit is the chip and that controls the reaction so it doesn't matter what kind of computer it is well, it's a blood rushing into a certain area it's like right. a surge of power to whatever equipment's attached well that would be i guess i guess that's what it's like it's like power it's like you, it's, can, it's you can plug true, though, anything in but, the wall right but my, how many times have you heard a woman say yeah. oh, i'd love to have a penis for a day yeah well, you can. Just kill yourselves and possess a male medium. I'm not sure that's a documentary of how it happens. <laughs> Don't kill yourself based on that information. Or in general. Don't kill yourself. <laughs> but so if there's a zero suicide rate, we'd yeah. like to maintain that. Yeah, we'd like to. Our audience isn't that big that we can afford to kill some off. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think it would be totally fine, like, in that situation. Because essentially you're just... It is the other person. As long as your eyes are shut, it's the other person. Although technically, okay, 
to take that analogy. Okay, how about this, right? Yeah. It's not just a dude, but it's someone you dislike intensely. Like uh, Carl Sandlands. Carl Sandlands. Right. Carl Sandlands very begrudgingly <laughs> turns up at your front door, says your stupid bitch fucking ex-girlfriend or your dead girlfriend won't leave him alone. She thinks, can you just please fucking pass this fucking message on so this stupid bitch will leave me alone? Uh, uh, and then you have to make out with him or hold him or dance or something like that. And you have to play Unchained Melody. For some reason, Amy decides that she wants to play Unchained Melody at this moment. So Carl Zanlands is standing in your oh, yeah. living room very awkwardly. Yeah. He's agreed to go through with it because Amy's agreed to leave him alone if she can just touch you one last time. Yeah. You put Unchained Melody on and then you and Carl walk towards each other. You just close your eyes and just put your arms around that massive portly frame and feel, feel Amy. No, have you, have you, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry, love. Sorry, love. I you know. should have picked your mediums better. I'm I can't sorry. do it. I can't. <laughs> no amount of the Righteous Brothers is going to get me through that fucking beard rash stubble while I'm fucking bashing Carl Sandwich. <laughs> I would love it if that just happened to be the day that your parents are coming to stay and they arrive from the airport early and they walk in there to see you and Carl Sandwich <laughs> slow dancing in your living room to Unchained Melody. I'm like, Mum and Dad, there's an explanation. Do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> Here, watch this movie Ghost as a kind of introduction and then... <laughs> <laughs> be a great excuse if you ever got busted doing something like that though like you know like when a politician gets busted in like a sex club or whatever yeah. like, I'd love to see one of them come out with just like that sort of explanation instead of them saying oh you know like this is the personal matter between me and my family that I was at this like you know you know sauna yeah. you know for this please thing. respect our privacy yeah or like you know I'm someone who's like you know like has issues myself, like blah 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 like whatever excuse they come up with normally they should just come out one of them and say look I'm not really into this sort of thing but recently my loved one died and they came back through the body of this naked gay person and this was our moment you didn't fucking judge him in ghost you didn't judge him in ghost why are you judging me now do you reckon you could get some level of support if you honestly took that approach like you know, fantasy and, you know, uh, the psychics and stuff, it's such a huge market. Like, you know, people love seeing psychics. Love people and star signs. And so if you came out 100%, not necessarily to deceive people, just say you actually believed, yeah, believed it. it. Do you reckon you, I mean, you'd be laughed off like serious kind of media coverage, but do you reckon there'd be like a, enough interest for people to want to get you on like, you know, would they do an interview with you on like Today Tonight? Or Definitely. Definitely. People would be fascinated by that. People are fascinated by, like, you know, so many people wear those power bands, you know, those wristbands, mm. you know, those sports people and stuff, and they've been scientifically proven to have no effect on you, but people don't... What's a power band? They're like a little piece of plastic you wear around your wrist. You've, you will have seen Athletes. pro sports people in particular, but lots of other people wear them as well, and they're called power bands. Really keen masturbators. Yeah. <laughs> I, really, I really want some power in my <laughs> masturbation. My wrist just feels weak. I want more RPMs. Yeah. I'm not getting myself off anymore. <laughs> I'm actually, I need, need more WPMs. Wanks per minute. <laughs> uh, we should wind it up. Um, we're going to be in the City of Churches for the next few episodes. Yes. 
Yeah, beautiful. That's going to be unreal. I'm actually on tour at the moment, so if you want to come and see me at the Adelaide Fringe, you can do that. Um, my show, Willarius, is on, but also I'm in Brisbane for the Brisbane Comedy Festival and then uh, Melbourne for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and all those tickets are on sale at the moment. And you can find us at tofop.com, tofop at Facebook, tweetfop, which is our Twitter account. Um, there's also some little variations like tofop facts, um, there's the Tumblr page. You can rate us on iTunes. I kind of feel like if we're Batman, yeah, like you know the way it has the Batarang, Batmobile, Bat Dildo. <laughs> we have all these sub the things, cricket bat, top facts, <laughs> quotes. Set in that kind of tone, like <laughs> nothing sounds exciting. Like you could be saying like you know what you're going to do with the supermodel tonight. Oral sex, yeah. anal sex, mm. and jobs, threesomes. And it's like, oh, that doesn't sound so good. <laughs> anyway, there's shit on the internet, and we love when you take part in it, is our point. Um, and you can rate the show on iTunes. If you're an iTunes subscriber, make sure you go to the iTunes page and rate the show because um, it, helps it just helps us with our rating and our ranking, get yeah. more people listening and stuff like that. And uh, there's also TOEFOP on Tumblr, yep. which I put the call out, I think, a couple episodes ago saying, hey, can all your Tumblr pages consolidate? And come under one thing. And everyone wrote back saying, I don't understand how Tumblr works. Um, so I went and researched, and I still don't understand how Tumblr works. Do you know how it works? Uh, Apparently there is only one TOEFOP page. Yeah. And then people post from that, right? Right. Is that how it works? I don't know. Oh, God. I'm not the 16-year-old girl. I know, but... Like I, someone if there's anyone who has stumbled on, to me. Has anyone stumbled onto this podcast because you thought it was about One Direction <laughs> and you understand how Tumblr works? But seriously, we can't work microphones. We yeah. don't understand Tumblr. We're old men. Yeah. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Ditto. <laughs>